Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. programs it is time for another episode of the nerd cave retro show and my name is jason robbins and my name is Derek diamond and tonight is a very special special episode because we have a couple of guests with us tonight and we're not going to be talking about video games we're going to be talking about wrestling so i think to start us off we have an actual wrestler with us here tonight we have the man himself, Mr. Joey Image. I was expecting you to announce Wally's name. <laughs> Good evening. How is everyone? Welcome to, I mean, hello from New Jersey. Yes, from uh, the I Garden I was going to say State. welcome to New Jersey, but none of you are here. No, I wish I could be, though. It'd be nice. Ah, uh, me too, man. And uh, Joey's going to be getting married in what, like two weeks? You still got 10 days to get here, man. Uh, 10 days. I wish it could happen. I'm not just, I <laughs> doubt it's going to happen. I just don't have the money. No, it's okay. It's okay. But uh, our other guest tonight is a uh, Nerd Cave Retro, the, the Nerd Cave Retro official fact checker and uh, podcasting the alumnus, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Wally Phelps. Yeah, you haven't needed it lately. <laughs> yeah, we've been pretty good lately. Yeah, you have. How dare you? I know. I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm taking jobs away from real Americans. Right. <laughs> so um, Speaking of gonna, real American. That's right. I was just about to get to that. So tonight, <laughs> we're divided up into two teams. Uh, team 80s Wrestling and Team Attitude Era. And up wait, first... Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're not, we're not here to debate who has the best chicken sandwich. Mm. We could debate that afterwards. I think Arby's. <laughs> I, would, I would assume Arby's. No. No. Oh, <laughs> I, I planned for the wrong show then. Yeah, you're, you're well, I guess I'll, I'll have to settle for the wrestling one instead. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of chicken wings in wrestling. That's right. That's very true. But up first, we have J Funktastic and at what is it? That Image Guy is your still still your uh, your Twitter handle at that Image Guy. Uh, Joey was TV. That's right, with a combined weight of, I don't know, like probably 500 pounds. I wouldn't say 200. (laughs) We have the Mega Powers. And in the other corner, we have weighing in at... (laughs) Another 500 pounds. We have... At Derek underscore Diamond and at the real big. Ooh, did I stop that? Oops, sorry. 
at the real big wall, the Job Squad. The next match is scheduled for one fall. One fall. 45 minute time limit. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and start. <laughs> you don't have a bell sound effect? Uh, no, I didn't get one. Well, this is ridiculous. My bad. We can't even start. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead and start with our guests first. I have a, a, a couple of questions that I'd like to get into first. Because, um, you know, me and Joey are, are, are a little bit older. Um, actually, we're, we're, what, about a week apart on our birthdays? Yeah, and, something like uh, that. Very so we close. both... We both grew up with the 80s era wrestling. And Joey, just starting with you, I mean, you were a professional wrestler, uh, retired now. And uh, what was some of your earliest wrestling memories and your favorite wrestling moment? Dude, I remember the first show I went to still. Um, It was sometime in 1988 or 87 at Rockland County Community College, which is still a thing, uh, 15, 20 minutes from where I live. And they had a gigantic like auditorium, so they had a show in there. And the main event was Bam Bam Bigelow versus the One Man Gang. Ooh. And I remember, and I remember One Man Gang won. And then years later, when I got into the business, and I was told the good guys always win the last match to send the fans home happy. <laughs> I could never understand why that didn't happen. I didn't think anything <laughs> of it until I started training, and I'm like, that didn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever and play? I, I forgot uh, what your question was. Did you uh, did you ever get to play a good guy, or were you always the heel? Uh, no, I, I did for like one summer in 2004. That's about it. <laughs> what do you prefer, playing the heel? Oh, yes. Much more fun? Yeah, yeah, because I can do whatever I want. Like, when I was, when I was a, uh, a quote-unquote good guy, I was doing the... Uh, <laughs> Myself and my tag team partner, Eric Andretti, were the T-Birds. So we were straight out of Rydell High School with uh, with our greasy hair and our combs <laughs> in our pockets and cigarette packs rolled up in our sleeves. Nice. And just plain white T-shirts and je- blue jeans. And, and it, w- it, was, it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't as fun as, like, coming out and, like, spitting on people and being... You know, people kind of expect that and, and not getting beat up for it. But it can be pretty scary being a, a heel, though, too, because some people kind of get really into it. And I've heard some horror stories from some of the guys that were heels that uh, had to deal with people, like, outside the arena. Did you ever have to deal with anybody like that? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell you the whole story. It's it's a little bit long. I can shorten it. Um Basically, I was a bad guy working in Binghamton, New York, in uh, two thousand. I worked at Binghamton. I uh, worked in Binghamton, should say, for a company called Excite Wrestling, which is still around today. Um, in fact, they just did some live radio show thing today, and uh, I worked there for I don't know three or four years. Um, they were they had another name before that, Three uh, DW, which I don't even know what the hell that stood for, but I was there for that company as well. And so anyway, I come out one day and there's this big eight man tag team match and I'm on the side of the four bad guys, obviously. And I go out and I make my entrance and Binghamton, New York, before I actually get into the story, if if any of you guys are familiar with ECW mm-hmm. and yeah. their uh their fan base, mm-hmm. um the fan <laughs> I think the fans were more like R rated than the, <laughs> the wrestling. So um 
those were the kind those well, those still are the kind of fans that are found in Binghamton, New York. Which when I first started training, I wanted to work for ECW. So when I heard like, oh yo, Binghamton's like an ECW Philadelphia crowd, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is terrific. Like, I'm gonna get so much heat here, it's gonna be great. So then uh one of the situations that Jay just mentioned came up and I didn't know what to do. So I came I came out. Uh, some little girl had a slice of pizza in the front row. I grabbed it. I took a gigantic bite. I threw it back at her face. Oh. And <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it didn't even like, I didn't even get it to my mouth yet. And like the mother stood up and there was another woman next to her who I found out later was the mother's sister. Uh, so the, the little girl's aunt and the father on the other side. And they all stood up. And by the time I turned around to like face the opposite side where the father was, so, so I was facing the mother and the little girl, and then the father and the uh, the mother, sister, and the aunt were to my left. So I didn't even see them like out of the corner of my eye or nothing. But by the time I turned around to my left, the father already had one leg over the rail to, to try to get to me. <laughs> wow! And and the mother is screaming every four letter word in the book. I mean, uh, I was called the c word a million times. Which I've never heard a guy called that unless you're in England. Wow. But uh, but I was wow. called that. I was called like the f word, not not the f u c k word, but the other one that's not PC anymore yeah. or whatever. Um, <laughs> I was called an asshole. I was called like a piece of garbage. Every piece of anything you could think of, piece of garbage, piece of shit, piece of crap, whatever. Uh, and and I was like, so in my head, uh, I said to the referee, who uh, is my, my friend Chris, I go, dude, this is the kind of heat I've always wanted, and now I don't know what to do with it, and I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so So anyway, so we go through the match, and again, it was an eight-man tag, so it wasn't like a five-minute thing. We were out there for probably 15 to 18 minutes, maybe. And the whole time, this the the, the little girl's mother is just just all, like on me, like verbally, just like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to find you. And I'm like yelling, like, lady, it's a $1 slice of pizza. Like, go buy another slice. <laughs> like, what's the big deal? I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> you know? In fact, in fact, in the next match, somebody came out during the match and tried to offer her a dollar and apologized for it and she wouldn't take it wow <laughs> wow so so long story short they wanted to kill me uh i end up walking out and in fact well here's one one funny moment of the night of that that situation i should say uh, i'm walking out so now when now when you come out um so if i come from the back out to the arena area this woman and her family was seated on my right so when i go back out they're obviously on my left so I am standing to the right of the referee, and I'm like, dude, I need you to stand on my left because I don't know what the hell is going to happen when I walk past this family. So, <laughs> wow. so he does, and she gets up, and I've never seen – I mean, I haven't – you know, I never saw, like, Daryl Strawberry swing like this. This woman swung a right hand that Mike Tyson would have ran away. Jesus. And, uh, and I, I, I moved out of the way, and she hit the referee. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and the referee turns around to her and goes, "What the hell did I do?" <laughs> and then she Damn. actually yelled out, "I'm so sorry!" It, it, it was hilarious. Wow. Oh man. So yeah. So I went to the back, and then uh, whatever. I didn't come out again. Not even during intermission to sell gim- or pictures or whatever. And then later on, towards the end of the show, the promoter comes up to me and he's like, "Listen, I need you to do me a favor." First of all, go downstairs and go out the side door into like the uh, emergency driveway or whatever. It was at a, a, a Knights of Columbus uh, slash VFW building. Yeah. So they had they have like a driveway on the side where uh, 
I don't know what the hell it's for. It's just some kind of driveway on the side of the building. Uh, it's oh, you know what? It's where they have their dumpsters. So it's so for for a, a, a garbage truck to pull up to be able to uh, empty the dumpsters out. So it's just it's a wide driveway. So he's like, I need you to go downstairs and uh, go out that side door through the driveway, and then uh, but give it about a half hour first before you leave. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Everyone's everyone's going to be leaving. Everyone's going to the bar afterwards. You know, I'm going to be the only idiot that's you know late. That's a half hour late or whatever. I'm like, what's the problem? He's like, well, that family is outside waiting for you. I go, what I want to, how is that possible? Like, how do they know where I said, what are they just waiting by the front door for everyone to come out? And he's like, no, they're right by your car. So I go, there's, there's no possible way that they can know what car is mine. And he's like, well, I can tell you exactly how they know what car is yours. He goes, you're the only guy, the entire show that's an, that was announced from New Jersey. And you're the only car in the entire parking lot with New Jersey license plates. Wow. They're like, oh, wow. you gotta be kidding me. So I waited probably like 20, 25 minutes and went out and they were gone and wow. I left. And then there's a second part to the story that's kind of long too. So I'll, I can tell you or I can hold it, whatever you want. Oh, I'll tell you what we can do. Let's do another show one night and yeah. uh, we'll do, since me and you both kind of had parallel uh, um, careers, I mean, you I was a musician, but you were a wrestler. Let's have a show where we both uh, reveal some crazy behind the scenes Oh, that would stories. be awesome. I can tell you guys the rest of the story off air when we're done, if you want. All right. <laughs> cool. It's, it's, it's actually very funny. It, it, it has a happy ending. All right. That sounds good. Well, we might get to it at the end if we have time. Yeah, um, I'm okay with that. Wally. Yes. What is your earliest wrestling memory to be completely honest it's just being like five years old and watching wwf television with uh my uncle but i had no idea what was going on (laughs) i mean i I remember the bright colors and the loud music and the people screaming and the fact that there were toys available (laughs) what what year would this be like 85 86 okay uh that time frame i mean i remember uh the, the i only remember three wrestlers and that's hulk hogan the iron sheik and the junkyard dog yes and that's the earliest i can remember yeah so did you go to any uh any shows or anything i mean i know your uncle your uncle is uh does he care if we say his name on here Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, your uncle Gerald, right? Yeah, yeah. He because uh, he goes to the wrestling shows to uh, to the local ones here for a uh, Diamond Ch- Championship mm-hmm. Wrestling, and uh, I love going with him because he always cheers for the bad guys. Right. <laughs> and uh, did he ever take you to any shows back then when you were really little? No, because there really wasn't anything around here. Well, um, at that time, not necessarily. I mean, when I I, I remember some of my earliest wrestling memories were of uh, Mid South Wrestling. Yeah, I, I, but and they I, used to come to the Coliseum a lot. I remember my uncle taking me many times to the Coliseum, and I used to see uh, Ted DiBiase before mm-hmm. he was the Million Dollar Man. And uh, see, this was all before, uh, right around the time that the I, and I'm going to call it the WWF because that's what it was. When this I was is a the kid. era we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> and before they they kind of took over everything, there was uh, you know wrestling was kind of broken up into different territories, and um, a lot of these wrestlers went on to become WWF wrestlers. But um, the ones in Mid South Wrestling that I remember were you know going to see Ted DiBiase, uh, the Junkyard Dog, um, Doctor Death. 
um, let's see who, oh, uh, the great Kabuki. And I remember he scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I saw him at the Coliseum. And uh, Joey, do you remember the great Kabuki? Of course. Oh, man, that dude was frightening. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to look up some old videos. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole of the great Kabuki one yeah. night. Just uh, try to remember, you know, like bring back some of those memories when I was a kid. I love, uh, I love Mid South. I still, I still watch. Like I have a, a a collection of Mid South wrestling TV. Oh, really? That I still watch. Yeah, you, uh, you may have access to it actually, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> see, I I remember around that time, you know, um, around eighty four, <laughs> eighty five, um, I was really in the Mid-South wrestling, and uh, I think it was called, like, NWA or something like that that had uh, Sting and... Uh, yeah, NWA uh, was, like, the big... It was the, yeah. the big, like, uh, WWF rival. Yeah, and they had the Nature Boy and um, a couple other guys. I think uh, Rick Steiner yeah. was there. Yep. Both and, of the Steiners. And, yeah. They were and, a tag team at that point. Uh, did Mid-South wrestling have the Fabulous Thunder... Was it the Fabulous... What were they the Fabulous called? Ones? Fabulous Ones? Stan Lane and Steve Kern? No, there was the Three Brothers. Uh, Freebirds? The oh, the free, Fabulous, yeah, free fabulous Freebirds. They, they worked had? everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. all over the place. But um, but I remember around that time, um, you know, I was watching those wrestling uh, shows. I didn't really know of WWF yet until my uncle was really into wrestling and like I said he would take me to the different shows and stuff mm -hmm. at the Coliseum and he had these um, VHS tapes of the WWF and it was all the highlights from like Wrestlemania 1 and 2 it was like three or four different tapes it was a bunch of Hulk it was like one tape was called Hulkamania highlights or something and it was like all yeah. Hulk Hogan stuff and I wore these tapes out, man. And I think he got it off, you know, you know those old commercials back in the day, like, you know, Time Life uh, videos or whatever. And it was like three yeah, easy yeah. payments of nineteen ninety nine or whatever. And you get like all these like different <laughs> collections. That's what I think that was. Well, it was it was Coliseum video. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly I, I, it. I, look, I, I've I've been studying wrestling history. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Coliseum video. But they yeah. were Coliseum videos based in New Jersey. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that. So Jay, I, I just checked, and you actually do have access to that. So I have all, I have all of the Mid South television shows from oh 1981 God. to 1987. Oh, Ooh. I know what I'm doing uh, this weekend. Maybe not all of them. Okay, <laughs> I have most of them. Wally, you want to come over and have a, a wrestlethon? You know, honestly, <laughs> I don't that actually. I don't actually know when it started, so I, I don't know if I have all of it or not. But I I still, oh. I have. I have beginning December of 1981 going through to uh, 1987. Oh my god! <laughs> December December 26th, 1987 is the last one. Actually, Mid South. That's right. I forgot about this part. Mid South changed its name to the UWF. That's right. After, I remember uh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I have uh, up until December 26th, 1987, when it was UWF. Yeah, that's actually what I remember it more being called was the UWF. Hmm. Yeah, they used to show. Uh, they used to air their shows on. Here it was the MSG network, and they they were in like they did some shows like actually in my area in like a hotel that had a giant uh, convention hall kind of room in it. I don't even know what you call it. And uh, they, so they did some shows there, and they did a lot of stuff obviously in Mid South where after they were still after they were no longer called Mid South, but it was still on 
I guess it was still an MSG network. I guess they still have the same television deals or whatever, but yeah. they just had a new name and new ownership. Well, they used to show it here on the local, uh, you know, the local station here, like Saturday nights or whatever. And I uh, used to watch it all the time. But I remember it, it was because my uncle gave me those tapes, those WWF tapes, that I really got into the WWF and, like, fell in love with, like, Hulk Hogan and, you know, Andre the Giant, especially, like, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And still just remember, like, my uncle got WrestleMania three on pay-per-view and just watching that live, like it's still burned in my memory that moment when Hulk Hogan body slams Andre the giant. Like there are a few moments in your life that are absolute pure joy that are burned into your memory for the rest of your life. And I've only felt that one other time was when the saints won the super bowl. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, Man, when he lifted up Andre the Giant and slammed him, I just I came up out of my seat. And it was one of those things like you're a little kid, and I think I was what like eight years old at the time. I'm pretty sure my mom and dad were sick of me talking about it because like I talked about it for, like <laughs> four days straight after that. And um, you know, just uh, I went back and watched that match not too long ago on YouTube, and I, it, I got a different perspective on it now after watching that. Uh, Andre the Giant documentary. And oh, the, HB, the HBO one? Yeah, and you go back and you watch that match, and it's so slow. And, <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you can really, like, tell that Andre the Giant was just, he was in so much pain during that match. And I'm just like, I But, like, I back then, so back bad. then, even though, even though I was, like, I was watching it, like, I was physically watching with my own eyes. I didn't even realize, like, they're not really doing anything. Yeah. You know, like now there's like 8,000 flips off of like the yeah. top of the building, you know, through, through, you know, six pounds of broken glass. That's oh, yeah. going to cut your eyeballs out. And like back then it was like Hogan took like one body slam and he <laughs> sold for like yeah. four minutes. I'm like, Man, that's just four minutes of resting. Really. Oh, yeah. Those dudes were but back selling then. That. I'm like, that's great. Like, wow, that's amazing. It hurts so much. Those dudes I were selling. I never realized it. it. But yeah, um, sorry to take up so much time. Let's move on to Derek. And Derek, what's your earliest wrestling memory and favorite wrestling moment? So I remember clear as day the first time I ever saw wrestling on TV. And much like Jason and Wally, my uncle introduced me to the same uncle who introduced me to Star Wars. Does to everybody Nintendo. does everybody have that uncle? God, that's <laughs> a good dude. That's a good dude, man. Yeah, I I had well I had that in my brother. Because my brother was a gigantic fan when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got into it. I remember it was February of 1998. I was 11 years old at the time. Oh my God. And it was. 98. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm, already... I'm the baby of the podcast. I'm like, was... I'm like, man, I got into, you know, I went to my first show when I was seven years old. It yeah. was 1984. Oh. You're like, oh, yeah, 98. I'm like, holy Christ. We're old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh I'm. My I'm... God. I'm the run of the podcast, <laughs> but, but, um, it was WCW Monday Nitro. And I remember at the very end of the show, sting coming down from the rafters and just beating the hell out of the NWO with a baseball bat. <laughs> and I thought, Holy crap, what am I watching? I want more. So I watched strictly WCW for a few months. And then I was introduced to the WWF with, you know, Stone Cold was white hot at the time. It was right before The Rock really started to become a big deal. And yeah, I remember Undertaker and Kane both scaring the crap out of me, Kane especially. 
but you know, I just fell in love with the storylines and you know the the characters and everything. And then I I watched ECW through its last probably five or six months of being around before they went bankrupt, and you know I've kept up with it ever since. And my favorite moment is probably a little biased just because I was there in person, but and it actually didn't happen in the Attitude Era. It was I was at WrestleMania 24 in Orlando when uh, Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair. Oh yeah, uh, that match awesome. makes that match makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very emotional in that arena when that happened. But that that's easily my favorite moment. If, if I had to pick televised moment, there's so many good ones. I mean, most anything with Stone Cold and The Rock was great. Um, but if I had to pick one from the Attitude Era, it was probably the night that Chris Jericho debuted and interrupted The Rock, <laughs> just because their promo back and forth was amazing. <laughs> that was that was great because it's like uh, I remember, you know, that had a a build up of that, you know, oh, the Millennium Clock. It was a countdown, yeah. and it was playing off of the Y two K thing. Yeah, and then he just kind of showed up right in the middle of the rocks promo and well and i remember rock. when the when the words jericho popped up on the titan tron yep. the roar from that crowd was just yeah right. was crazy and the rock says well i'm sorry what was your name well my name it doesn't it matter, doesn't matter what, what your name is, is. <laughs> oh man i mean there's some good moments there but i was really not that into wrestling anymore by that point but I, and that's the whole point of this kind of, kind of this discussion tonight I feel like, you know, the 80s era, like, my favorite wrestler when I was really little was, like, the Junkyard Dog. Then as I got older, it became, you know, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. Of course, the Macho Man. Like, I can go back now, and those Macho Man promos are (laughs) genius level comedy. Like, oh, (laughs) yeah, the cream of the crop, yeah. And, dude, the... uh, Cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you can't, like, the, I don't know what it was. It was like the characters were so over the top and colorful and just, you had the, all the different storylines, like the Mega Powers storyline, um, you know, just all that kind of stuff going on in the 80s. And then you move to the Attitude Era, and to me it felt more like, I don't know, that whole era became more kind of dude bro. If that makes any sense. I mean, there are That's aspects of dude brodery. <laughs> like, it became wrestling for dudes that are the kind of dudes that now wear affliction t-shirts. I mean, you're, you're talking specifically about DX right now, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, thoughts. Whoever wants to I think to with... I, I'll, I guess I'll start, but I think with the attitude era and i i'm sure the 80s had a part of that too but the 90s and the attitude era specifically was very much a reflection of its time because you had that you know almost too edgy for tv kind of feel everywhere you had the jerry springer show i think ufc was really starting to become popular at the time you had these adult you know borderline violent and sexual shows that were on you know basic tv at the time and the WWF reinvented itself 
through that. And, and there's a lot of the Attitude Era that I go back and watch. And I think, well, it, it doesn't hold up quite like I remember. Stuff with you know the top guys like Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Triple H, Kurt Angle, like all that stuff still holds up and it's fantastic. But they, it did have its fair share of you know, over-the-top moments that I'm like, I don't know if that was really the greatest thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand that it had to evolve with the times, but I don't know. There was some sort of like, I guess more of an innocent time in the eighties when I, I don't know. It's hard to describe like Joey, what are your thoughts on, on those two eras? Uh, man, I, I think the eighties the were so, um, I think the eighties and like early nineties were so much better. Uh, only because nobody knew anything, you know, once like mid nineties came along, the internet was kind of in its infancy. Everyone knew, and there were like scripts traded online, which I managed to get a couple of WCW Monday Nitro scripts at the time, like just hmm. that people were sharing and like, you know, everything was on dial up. So you had to like know who to download stuff from or whatever. And like, you know, once like, once the end of the nineties hit, it was like almost, almost completely ruined as far as, uh, you know, storylines and the, the illusion or whatever. But, uh, I'm like, uh, I don't want to say I'm a purist cause I, I love all years of wrestling, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't love all forms, but I love like all eras. Um, so I don't want to say I'm like a purist, but part of me is a purist. So I would love to just snap my fingers or wave a magic wand and go back to the time where no one knew anything was, uh, was, you know, set up or worked. Yeah. 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 Cause see, uh, well, oh, go ahead, Wally. Well, I, I was going to say it's. I know from, like, even before it became officially, you know, until Vince McMahon came on TV and said his famous, you know, I believe that our uh, audience doesn't want their intelligence insulted anymore. <laughs> that that whole thing that he did that one time. Uh, you, even got the infle- you even got the voice inflection right. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm... I'm I'm very good at that kind of thing. But uh <laughs> when you when you go back before that, just before that, there's always that little piece of you is like, well, I knew this is that was supposed to happen, but I don't know if that was. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And WCW did a a really good job of that when uh when the NWO first came uh to be, just things like when they would like toss Ray Mysterio Jr. into a production truck or <laughs> uh and and you're like well I mean how do you protect yourself from that yeah. <laughs> you know just whenever you see the, the police were called during that throwing incident. mankind yeah. off of the hell in the cell oh my oh, god yeah. how how you know was that supposed to happen you know <laughs> no it was, it was an, not <laughs> and and really i think that's why i like the era so much is that it kept you guessing it kept you going well okay i think this part was supposed to happen <laughs> but that's the thing it got to the point where it became it had to be, it felt like it had to become so extreme to keep people's attention Right, that it, it was One putting thing top the previous thing. Yeah, and it was putting people's lives in danger. Yeah, well, but I I can't help but think that 
it always was that way <laughs> but not to the extent that it was like for it yeah you didn't have a buddy rogers jumping off of the top of a top of the <laughs> set on top of ray stevens but you you are going to have uh you know straight up brawls or like people who had missing limbs and you know just all that kind of stuff has always been something that's going on in in the wrestling industry it's just that you're right people's careers are so much shorter now yeah and and it is because of the outrageous uh uh, well, how stunts they would that? pull on themselves yeah. yeah the things that they would do to themselves yeah i mean i can't shit. imagine the pain that guys like mick foley and oh the hardy god. boys and edge and christian wake up in every day right oh my god one of my one of my favorite wrestling moments is that tables ladders chairs match where uh, i think it was edge speared uh yeah off jeff the, hardy off, the off of the yeah like he was hanging from the belt at the top of the arena and yep. edge was on the top of the ladder and what yep. is the obvious thing you do you jump off the ladder and spear <laughs> him into the mat obviously that's the most obvious thing i would have thought of yeah right right, right. <laughs> like how do i stop this guy from winning murder <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when that moment happened because that was back when flash photography was still a thing. Just seeing all the flash bulbs going off like crazy in the arena. Oh, absolutely! And just yeah. seeing the first, you know, ten rows of people just stand up like, "Holy shit!" Like we have witnessed a murder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is dead. I don't know. There's just something uh, like um, Joey was talking about purity. Like I love to go back and watch those old wrestling videos where. You know, it would be the WWF at, at, at Madison Square Gardens, and it it would just be lights on the the the, the ring, and then like the entire crowd is in darkness, yeah. like that kind of mm-hmm. low. Yeah, budget. that's the way I wish it still was. Yeah, and I don't know. Now it's like everything has to be a spectacle. But but back it then, is overproduced you, now. I, I I will say that. Yeah, yeah I think then, boxing you, still does something similar to that, right? Doesn't boxing dim lights? Not yeah. maybe not all the way down, but they dim it a little bit and they just yeah. keep the ring kind of lit. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, UFC I does that, still did you that. know. Like, but yeah, because they know is, where the focus is supposed to be. You would get the big spectacle at like WrestleMania or SummerSlam or a Saturday Night yeah. Main Event. Regular just shows and you know the superstars of wrestling and shows like that. It would just be the lights on the ring. You know, the yep. crowd would be dark, and then you would have the big WWF symbol, like, above the dressing room, like, the entrance area. And, like, I don't know, just something about that visual, it just brings me back to a certain spot of my life as a little kid. Yeah, but there I wish is it was still something like that. to be said for remarkably expensive pyrotechnics but that's the thing it's like if you're doing it all the time for everybody every moment of the show yeah, it's not it kinda, special anymore yeah, it's not special anymore well i guess that's i mean i don't know because now it could just be me um thinking of the times i've been to a live event and you know when you're there 
and the pyro goes off, you're like, yeah, the pyro went off. Yeah. I've seen that on television. <laughs> but, you know, I guess you're right. At home, if you never went to a show, yeah, it does get kind of samey, you know. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, seeing Goldberg breathe smoke out of oh, a, hell, a, a torrent of, of sparklers yeah. is magnificent to yeah. me, and you can't tell me otherwise. I mean, like a couple of weeks ago, when the uh, when the Undertaker made his uh, debut again, what was it on Raw? Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks back, man, that moment when the lights go out and you hear the gong, and then the lights come back up, and he's standing in the ring. I was like, oh, now that's wrestling. <laughs> There's just Paul something Hayman. about The Undertaker still to this day. When that entrance happens, it's wow. it's special. He's what, like 85 years old now? He's like, how the hell is he still wrestling? <laughs> you know what's funny is like people will watch something on... People will watch like, uh, I don't know, Brock Lesnar and like Seth Rollins. And Rollins will like give him that curb stomp deal. And the people are like, oh my God, he turned his head. He put his hand up. It's got to be fake. That chair that looks so phony. But everyone believes that the Undertaker's dead and can shoot lightning. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, and that's why the, the kind of the transition between the 80s era and Attitude era in WWF was the occupational era. Yeah. So, and that's where the Undertaker came from. You know, <laughs> that's, that's you a funny way to put it. Man, you had uh, the Brooklyn Brawler. Man. You had <laughs> all of these people who had day jobs because Vince would Abe, pay him. Well, that's Abe what Knuckle I. Schwartz. That's what the I Mountie. loved about the '80s era is you had those guys like Big Boss Man who would dress up like a cop, like he was a cop, right? And, you know, and you had. Uh, I love some... Big Boss Man. He was one of my favorites. And oh, he yeah. was a cop before he got started. And, you know, you've got, like, Honky Tonk Man. And I love that guy, too. Like, Jake the Snake Roberts. Like, these personas that were just kind of larger than life. And I miss that era. Yeah, and you still had that with the Attitude Era. With, you know, the top guys who would just get unbelievable reactions. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's missing from mainstream wrestling now is no real larger-than-life personalities that just make you stop and pay attention to the TV. Yeah. I, I mean, there are those uh, larger-than-life personalities. Like, I, I, as much as I as I don't like watching him wrestle, Brock Lesnar has that kind of aura around him to me. He is yeah. one of the few, yes. You know. Um, yep. Because hell, when he shows up, everyone's like, oh, it's Brock Lesnar, and as much as people will crap on it on Twitter everyone pays attention to it i hate that i hate people i can't stand when people like he sucks he never shows up as if they wouldn't take the same goddamn deal exactly you know to work don't get mad at lesnar get mad at wwe for giving him that contract right they're they're mad at him for for accepting i mean he he's got a different contract now where he's got a lot more dates because he finally decided to actually not go back to ufc or whatever but People get pissed at him for accepting a deal for millions of dollars to work ten to twelve nights a year. Yeah, uh, not not a, I mean, not including pay per views. As yeah. like I'm saying, as if those people wouldn't take the same deal. Yeah. And I say and that, time, and I've said that before, and I've tweeted it directly to these people before that that always say that stuff, and I always get something like, "Well, you bring up a good point," or I get no response. And I'm like, yeah. "Well, that just says it right there, dude." Yeah. yeah. I, well, the thing the thing I think a lot of uh, just fans. Don't I mean I'm not even going to pretend I'm in the business, but the the thing that a lot of fans don't 
even think about is the the things that a performer has to do outside of the ring for their craft. They, he he is not just sitting at home. He is working That's out, what people eating think. right. He is uh, just keeping that uh, persona and that physique for when one of those 12 days happens. Yeah. So it's not that, like it's it, it's not hard. It is. That's what people think, though. People think he just sits home and Vince McMahon says, okay, how about next Monday Night Raw? Okay, I'll be there, and that's it. Right. No, yeah. And that's not that's not how it works at all. <laughs> yeah, that's extremely no. far from how, the, from how it actually works. Yeah, I mean, the dude probably has to work out probably seven, eight hours a <laughs> oh. day. So and eat like ten thousand calories a day. Right. I mean, that's got to be a job just in itself, just to maintain <laughs> yeah, I don't that. It. It's like, I don't want any more steak. Yeah. But here I am eating it. <laughs> just hang a cow in here, and I'll just nibble on it all. Day. I'll just nibble on that. That's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I just remember like when the attitude era, like the, I just rem- kind of remember, you know, just that kind of that shift when the wrestling that I loved kind of felt passe. Yeah. I think, uh, that's a good word to use considering that's what, uh, Vince McMahon used in that promo that Wally did before. Yeah. Um, I, I, I almost think like, I, I don't know people, a lot of people disagree with me in this, but I think people that were not fans before Vince McMahon made that announcement thing, I almost think it brought more respect to the business from those kind of people, because here's the biggest name in the entire business, despite despite Hulk Hogan's success, Vince McMahon is a bigger name than him. Vince McMahon Jr., at least, in yeah. my eyes. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's the biggest name in the business going on TV saying... These are all characters. We 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 run a television. You know, we make a television show, and uh, you know, we we know that whatever the intelligent salted thing or whatever. Like I almost think that and things like that kind of kind of brought in more respect from non fans and maybe made some of them you know turn on the Monday Night Raw here and there or something. Yeah, and I think that is how a lot of people came to know it. I mean, I guess the Attitude Era might be either just before or soon after the Montreal Screwjob happened. Yeah. Because that's when... That was the start of it. Vince McMahon began, uh, you know... I mean, it's it's weird whenever you hear people, uh, people who are close to the situation talk about how the the, uh, Brett screwed Brett promo... Was yeah. Vince? Vince really thought that he was going to look like the good guy in that, and yeah. it, because you know it's about the tradition. <laughs> you are traditionally supposed to drop the belt before you leave to another company, and you know he wasn't going to do that. Bret Hart was not going to do that, and Vince is like, "Well, I'll just go on TV and explain this to everybody," and that did not work. <laughs> he, <laughs> But it created the Mr. McMahon. Thank God it didn't character. work. Yeah, it yeah. made arguably the biggest villain in you know that era of wrestling. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was I would perfect. I would say it made the biggest villain in wrestling, period. Exactly. I, I come, yeah. 100%. Not not just in that era cuz he comes out on TV in 2019 and people boo him instantly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because true. I mean, 
here's here's a guy that before then, if you didn't know a whole lot about the ins and outs of the wrestling business, was was the just the commentator. He was the yeah, guy yeah. that you the know in he was in front yeah. of WrestleMania, whatever you know the the unstoppable object versus you know <laughs> and he was that guy. That was another thing that the commentators back then, like I loved the duo of uh, Vince McMahon and. Um, uh, Jesse the Body Jesse Ventura. The body Ventura. <laughs> well, today, Vince, we're gonna be looking at some of the best of the best. I mean, well, he's right about that. <laughs> Those comment that they made a great team as commentators. Yeah, and but you, you can't. I but can't. The, and you had uh, Gorilla Monsoon. And yeah, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, they're Bobby hanging Heenan. from the rafters here today. <laughs> he's can't bleeding profusely. I can't do a Bobby Heenan though. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, I do want to say that in the Attitude Era, we had the King and and Jr. And that yeah. is yes. one of the greatest commentating I, teams of all time. Their chemistry I, was I amazing. Can't, I can't do a Bobby Heenan impression either. But I'll tell you, one of my favorite Bobby Heenan lines was like they used to do live shows on Monday nights from a studio. Yeah. In uh in Stanford or whatever, when, when primetime wrestling changed formats and sometimes they would like, just talk to the crowd or whatever and say someone's name and how you're doing, blah, blah. And, uh, Bobby Heenan looks at one guy and says, sir, is that your wife next to you? And he goes, yep. And the guy, go, and then he says, how long have you guys been married? And, uh, I think the woman, or maybe it might've been the husband said, uh, 22 years. And, uh, and Heenan goes, you know, if you'd have killed her on your wedding night, you'd be out by now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, I must have been like, I don't know, 13 or 14. I'm like, Jesus, I, what did he just say? Is that true? Like, I can't believe that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Bobby Heenan was fantastic. <laughs> you know who I miss, too, a lot yep, is yeah. Mean Gene Okerlund, man. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Mean Gene. <laughs> Holy uh, balls! <laughs> I love going back and watching all those like compilation, you know, videos of Mean Gene. The blooper and, reels. Oh yeah. the blooper reels. Those Put blooper that cigarette reels are out. Great. Put that cigarette out. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, the one where the logo fell off of the yep. uh, was, wall yeah, behind was, uh, him. Was he, he was interviewing like Rick Root or something? Yeah. Said, yeah. Hello, today we are here with Rick Root, and what in the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if anybody is listening to this that is, you know, under, I'd say probably 30 years old and you've never seen any of those old promos back in the 80s with Mean Gene, go back, just go down a YouTube rabbit hole of Mean Gene Okerlund and uh, Randy Macho Man Savage and... The I cream just, of the crop. Oh, uh, Dude, that the cream of the crop and uh, cup, cup of, coffee of coffee in the big in the big time are two of the absolute best promos ever cut. I mean, the the cup of coffee one's kind of incomprehensible, but it's still amazing. It's, it's like, how do yeah. you come up with that? Like, I don't. He well, had to be cup, on cup something. Of, cup of coffee is a is a quote unquote insider term, oh. which is that's that's one of the first ones I've ever heard used on television. <laughs> Which obviously I didn't realize until I was actually in the business, but that's like uh, basically it. You know, it means what it means. He, he was in, he was around for a cup of coffee. Like he was here for five minutes, and nobody cares about him now. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. at the time, I of course I was like, "The hell does that mean?" 
Like, <laughs> yeah. Do they have coffee together? And then he left there. I don't understand. And the ultimate warrior, man, dude, those promos with him were <laughs> batshit <laughs> crazy. The best one was WrestleMania 6 where he won to hijack Hulk Hogan's plane and like throw the pilots out of the door <laughs> and then drive. He was going to fly the plane and he was going to crash it into the Skydome Arena. Killing oh both God. of them. <laughs> what the hell? What a, God, how do you win the title if you're dead and your opponent's dead? <laughs> oh, that was such a great promo. Well, the plane would be pinning him, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're both on it, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I do think that does bring up a good point is that the commentary teams do make wrestling like they make it more enjoyable or they can break it too like because to me the attitude era would not have been successful or as successful without the team of jim ross and jerry lawler because they played off each other so well because when jr would get so into what was going on and just yell almost incomprehensible things or just yelling stone cold a lot (laughs) you know it drew you into it and then Lawler would make some type of politically incorrect mark, and Jr's like, well, "Shut up!" I'm so happy that I'm so happy they have another Jr. type guy in Moro Ronaldo because he does all. Oh, Ronaldo's great screaming now, and he's one of the best. And I'm kind of partial to Nigel McGuinness because he, him and I are very good friends. But Moro Ronaldo is awesome. Although Nigel is my favorite member of that team, but I love that he yells and screams. And then I guess they have I don't know if they have like a go like a separate GoPro on the commentator table, but they show like clips of him on like WWE's Twitter and like WWE.com of just him screaming and yelling. It's the fucking <laughs> it's the funniest thing. But it's so good. Yeah. No, Ronaldo, I think as far as current WWE commentators, he's easily the best. Yeah. Yeah, just thinking back, my one of my favorite calls in all of wrestling is when JR says uh, as God is my witness, he is broken in half. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. There's so many great moments. I, I, we, we mentioned ECW before. Do you guys remember when they did 97 on Monday Night Raw? Uh, they did what? Now? I remember I, I wasn't watching at the time, but I have since gone back and I've seen some highlights of it. I, I one of one of the my favorite calls from that, from that, uh, that part, I think it was um, Jim, uh, not Jim Ross. It was uh, Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon, the thing on commentary, and uh, and Taz like I don't know, hopped over the railing, and and <laughs> and Jerry Lawler goes, "That guy looked a lot bigger on the Lucky Charms box." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of the funniest things I'd ever heard at that point. <laughs> uh, old school Lawler was great. Oh man. I, I remember when they did the when WWE invaded the ECW arena, and Lawler was in the ring, and oh, the I ECW stole fans that. were just losing their mind. I stole that line and used it in in God six or seven promos when uh when he said this building ought to be made of toilet paper because there's nothing in it but shit. Yeah, <laughs> I have stolen that line. I, that's like the most my most stolen promo line. I must have said it like seven times, and it always gets the same reaction, which is amazing. It's as if people have never heard that line before, and I've yeah. said it in the same building once uh, or twice in the same in the same building at one point for one company, and they still go for it as if they never heard it before. My like, man, <laughs> e- either they just figured out what the hell I'm saying, or they didn't listen to me last time, and that's. That's one thing, just just kind of tangentially, that that seemed to work the best during what? that time frame. I don't even know what that word means. All of the different 
uh, all of the different invasion angles. Because, you know, Jim, uh, the king being at ECW Arena was an invasion, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had ECW invading WWE. We mm-hmm. had the NWO invading WCW. Uh, I mean, it was, we had DX trying to invade WCW that one time. Um, did did Lawler, did Lawler show up at ECW Arena before they did the ECW stuff on Raw, or was it did ECW I, show up first? I really believe he showed up there first, and, and okay, the reason okay. why I think that is because uh, Raven was still a part of ECW when uh, when he showed up the first time around, but Raven had left ECW by the time they did the Raw. <laughs> As oh, weird. yeah, he was in WCW at the time, I think. Yeah. Well, um, as we're moving on, we're getting close to the end of the show. I do have some uh, emails that uh, I want to read. And, um, uh, Derek, do you want to read this first one, and then we'll kind of leapfrog? Yeah, are they in the Google Doc? Yeah, uh, I got them all. They're down at the bottom. And it uh, starts okay. off with uh, the one from Cola Asian, Brandon Rutledge. Uh, uh, Brandon fan. Rutledge, he and I went to a WWE show a couple yes. weeks ago. Nice. All right. Hey, guys, this is Brandon Rutledge, you know, the clown that leaves super long comments <laughs> on almost every episode of Nerd Cave Retro, but I do enjoy hearing them. <laughs> I thought I would give my two cents on which era of wrestling was better. It's a really tough call. I was born towards the end of the 80s, and I was on the side of WCW during the Monday Night Wars. But thanks Same. to the WWE <laughs> Network, YouTube, and countless hours of research, I know quite a bit about both. He says, on one hand, the golden era brought pro wrestling to the mainstream. And on the other hand, the attitude era helped solidify it as a major form of entertainment. Uh, To him, the attitude era has more memorable moments and matches. The WrestleMania cards were better by comparison in most cases. Though both had a long list of memorable wrestlers and personalities, the attitude era arguably has the better, more memorable set. To a degree, The Rock is still relevant today. And adding to the theme of the podcast, Attitude Era video games were definitely better than Golden Era WWF. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those uh, Wrestle- I almost forgot about the games, games that came out during that time because I loved like No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 for the N64. Yep, yeah. Those were both fun. Which were much yeah. better than In Your House and Wrestling. Oh, and- my God. WrestleMania <laughs> the Arcade game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I did want to mention that uh, I had a really good time when I went up to uh, to visit Joey last year, and um, we're in his uh, you know his uh, his big nerd room in there, which is awesome, and he's had this box of wrestling magazines from the eighties. Oh and, God, I still dude, have them in the same spot. I was like, man, I haven't read these. Like, I had a um, subscription to WWF magazine when I was a kid, and I just, wow. I just sat there and just read through all those. And they had the little sections in there with the merchandise sections. And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. wonder what would happen if I sent some money in, like a check for, you know, like a, <laughs> for like a Macho Man T-shirt. Be like, would they actually send me something? I think That's that'd funny. be awesome. <laughs> Uh, and the next one comes from One Wing Angel, 2004, is, and this is Tyler Watson. He says, hey, guys, it's Tyler. Now, I'm assuming that when we are talking about this, we are not limiting ourselves to just WWE and including all popular promotions. So in Wrestle Debate 2019, while both eras are great and important, I have to give the edge to the Attitude Era. Simply put, it was the biggest that pro wrestling has been in the mainstream public consciousness. 
Yes, Hulkamania ran wild during the 80s, but the Attitude Era brought us the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and great factions like DX and the NWO. Speaking of stars from the previous era, the AE gave guys like Hogan, Macho Man, Ric Flair, and Legion of Doom, and the Big Boss Man a breath of new life. And with healthy competition on TV, it caused the big two to innovate their product to get the most eyes out of it. I think that's something that, uh, you know, with the new wrestling promotion that Jericho is a part of now, I think that's going to help a lot as far as, um, you know, competition. Because competition breeds innovation. Yeah. And that's something that's really been missing the last decade or so is good competition. Um, Yeah. He says he has vivid memories of having TNT in USA on Channel Switch on Monday nights, so he could easily swap between them. The AE changed the face of the business. Kayfabe was allowed to crack uh, and allowed the audience more into the world and helped it build stories. He could ramble on for a while, but he'll leave it here. Looking forward to hearing the episode. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold says so. Glass shatters. Um, if, yeah, you can, uh, you can go ahead and read the next one and then I'll read yeah. the last one. Um, we actually have, um, a co-owner from the Diamond Championship Wrestling, I say for last. Oh, nice. Damn. So our next one comes to us from Nate, who is at Retro Gaming Dev on Twitter. Oh, I love this guy. I love Nate. Yeah, he's great. Man. I would have to go with 80s era all day, mostly because that is really what I watched when I watched wrestling with family and friends and played all the older games from that time. Looking forward to the show. And the last one um, we have is from Laura Hellstrom. Hellstrom. <clears throat> My name is Laura Miller. I am the co-owner of Diamond Championship Wrestling. My husband, Gene Miller, and I run professional, professional wrestling shows all along the Gulf Coast. And I can say that they're very good because that's the ones that me and Wally go to a lot yeah. here along the coast. Um, my choice for better air would always be the attitude. The late 90s are for me. What gave me my appreciation for wrestling. As a young girl, no one in my family liked wrestling. And at the age of nine, I would go down the block to my grandmother's sister's house and watch wrestling with her on her little black and white TV, yelling and screaming at my favorite, Ric Flair. Woo! As I grew older, I would go to my male cousin's home and we'd push his two large couches together. And that would become our wrestling ring. I was always Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, she's a girl after my own heart. Now... The 90s gave me Stone Cold, who drew me to the television like a magnet as he fought against the man's authority in general. Funny how I ended up marrying hard-time Gene Austin, uh, in parentheses Miller, and now co-running our own successful pro wrestling show. Gene's been a pro wrestler for over 30 years. The Attitude Era carries over into our show as we run our entertainment with the people in mind. I'm glad she wrote in, man. I am too. Yeah, that's that's awesome. awesome. Thank you, everybody. That, one of those shows. Yeah, thank you all, all to everybody that wrote in to the uh, the show. But yeah, the, uh, me and Wally go to the Diamond Championship Wrestling shows, and um, yeah, her and I talk on Twitter. Uh, her actually, her and I talk on Twitter through uh, Wally, our mutual friend. That's how we started talking. And uh, I want to go to one of their shows at some point. Yes, I want. I want to be booked on one, but I can't wrestle anymore. So oh, you if they need manage. something else, I'll do that. Yeah, you could manage, or you know, uh, well, I've been. You gotta talk, talk them into it, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in. 
I think they should have it where me and Wally do live commentating <laughs> at the shows. I swear to God, I would love to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that would be great. Last week, uh, last week they had a triple threat match for the championship with the the person who got pinned didn't, has didn't to somebody, leave DCW. Wasn't somebody's last match or something? Right. Um, okay, yeah. I look at your was, picture every time you say you're going. I always look for like the following day for the pictures. Yeah, well, it's the, the you know, well, they they happen to love me doing the pictures, so I won't keep doing it. And uh, <laughs> but man, that match was a barn burner. It, I, I Koloff flew outside of the ring. <laughs> I had to scream, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Because I've never seen him so much as go to the top rope, let alone jump over the top rope. That's scary. It was. <laughs> He's a big boy. Him, like Charles West and uh, Riot was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> it was great. So we have it all set up. Joey can be a manager. Wally and Jason can be the commentary team. And because of the name, I can be the on-air general manager. That's right. <laughs> Diamond. Awesome. That's a good That's pretty clever there. That's right. I didn't even think about that. Diamond. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, my wheels are turning right now. I, yeah. yeah, I was just saying, I think, we've got, I think we have something. Yeah. Well, you should pitch that idea. I'll, I'll try to do so. They've got me performing in a, in a couple weeks. Really? What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to open a wrestling show with, with uh, stand-up comedy. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like wrestling performing. I was like, dude, you don't get hurt. No, I'm not going to. No, no, I can't do that. In fact, that's uh, that's part of part of my set explaining, you know, uh, <laughs> how like my entrance would be the end of the match. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and, me and Wally actually had an idea not too long ago that we should be a tag team. Uh, tag team. But our whole gimmick is that we don't know that we're wrestlers. We <laughs> we just kind of end up in the wrestling ring. I'm a fan, <laughs> and we always lose. So that would be our gimmick. I I always want to do this gimmick where I was in a tag team with a guy that I was a rival with, but not the way like everyone does that. Like two guys are thrown together that don't like each other. Yeah. But I wanted to do. I wanted to do. Uh, Jesus, that didn't come out. I wanted to do it where like. <laughs> When we're rivals, we're just rivals. But when we're a tag team, we both have masks on, and we don't know that the other guy is the other guy. Even oh. though but, but the, <laughs> that would be the, clever. The comedy element would have to be that that it's blatantly obvious. Like my tattoos are visible, so I come out in the first match as Joey Image, and then I throw on a mask that's of course green, white, and red because I'm Italian, and I'm then known as <laughs> then I'm known as Ultimo Guido, uh, and uh, and. So my tattoos are exposed, so it's plainly obvious to everyone else except for the other guy that it's me, and he doesn't somehow doesn't know either. I don't know, <laughs> but I would I would I always want to do that with uh, this guy John that I'm friends with Johnny Toxic. He goes by uh, we've been friends for a million years, and when he he's one of the guys where every time we wrestle each other, we beat the piss out of each other just because <laughs> we're so close that we're comfortable doing that, and and. I always thought he he's uh he's a Mexican guy. He's like half Mexican, half white or whatever. So he would have been uh Ultimo Mexicano and I would have been Ultimo Guido. And That's we just awesome. don't know it's each other. And then we take the masks <laughs> off and we just kill each other like in other matches, but 
we always like uh, like there's there has to be some something backstage where like you know they somehow we we just don't see each other until we have our masks on that we don't know it's each other yeah <laughs> uh, i love it yeah that's great it's i would like love Superman to have done something glasses. like that yeah I was it's just, just it, that same i thing. feel like that would be so hard to to keep up though and like to keep up with yeah but it'd be fun though yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> Um, but, uh, so I guess we're at the end of the show now and, um, we've definitively found out that the eighties is better than the attitude era. Well, well, they, I think they both have their merits and we've come to a stalemate. Right. I, I all I would agree with that. Is good wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're both great eras. You know, it's funny because you ask Jim Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I, I I need to know what the issue with him is because I'm a fan and he's ninety nine percent correct all the time. Yeah. Well, his he doesn't like any any of the new product basically because no, I I know what the issue is. I'm being sarcastic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. I, I I listen to him uh, twice a week, every week. So do I. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's not the the cool thing to do to listen to him, but. The people that call him irrelevant are not nearly as well known as he's been for forty years now. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm, I mean, ones... I mean the people in the business that say it. Like fans can say whatever they want, but the people that are in the business, I'm saying that that normally call him irrelevant. Uh, I, like it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, but the the thing with me, the way I look at Jim Cornette is that he has a a, a real point of view, and he has evidence to back it up. But I still don't agree with 50% of what he says. <laughs> yeah, I I don't agree with with 100% of what he says, but I don't I don't disagree with with you know, I definitely agree with more than half of it, I guess. Yeah. But 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 a lot a lot of a lot of people I I think don't put into account the fact that he doesn't just say things to say them, he bases his opinions off of 40 plus years behind the scenes right. whereas Whereas most fans base their opinions on however many years never being anywhere behind the scenes, just watching on television. Yeah, just yeah. So, or, at, or at a live show. They have zero experience and zero training, but yet they're telling a guy who's been around for over 40 years and been successful, not just been around for 40 years, but been successful for 40 plus years that like this is the way it should be and you don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. I, I always think that that's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's. <clears throat> His argument, for those who are not in the know, is that wrestling should be essentially presented and uh, presented a, in a way that... It's a serious competition. It is a serious competition against two professional athletes. Correct. Or two or more professional athletes. <laughs> and uh, nothing wrong with that. I don't disagree with him on that. Too many people do, though. I think that's the issue. Uh, yeah. so, it really is an That's issue. a whole different story for a whole another episode, but I could go on for hours about that. <laughs> Correct, yes. But it's not. It's it's like you can't even go publicly and say, well, I agree with that, because then suddenly you're an asshole, too. It's like I can't just agree with a guy, but still be this other guy's friend who doesn't agree with him. I have <laughs> right. to have one side. It's like people, pe- fans think you have to have one side or the other. I don't. Like, if you go to my Twitter... I have a tweet, uh, the the pinned tweet that says, look, I've been in this for a long time. I'm not looking at it the same way 99% of fans do. I just can't. I'm so programmed and conditioned to let, like, 
things that don't make sense to 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 whoever's yelling at me may make sense to me. Like it's not you know it's not like I'm big timing people or or cornets big time or whatever. Just look at it a different way, and it's okay to look at things more than one from more than one angle. But yeah. unfortunately, a lot of people think it's not okay, and it's not not only is it not okay. I shouldn't say that. A lot of people think it's not possible. Hmm. Yeah, not everything's in black and white. Correct. And I wish I was that. I wish I was that short and sweet with my words. Right. You say right. it much better than I do, though. <laughs> I don't. I, I disagree with that. Well, um, before we go, uh, did you want to promote this uh, the Diamond Ch- Championship Finals? Yeah, I was actually gonna to say that the comedy show that I'm going to be doing is going to be September 28th at the Pascagoula uh, VFW. Uh, it is the King of Diamonds final, so it, you're going to have a... Uh, it's basically their pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be opening it up with uh, 15 to 20 minutes of uh, comedy. I honestly don't know what I'm going to be doing because that audience is going to be a vastly different audience than the one I'm used to. Yes. <laughs> and it has to be family-friendly, so... Uh. <sighs> Good luck. <laughs> right. I, I so, mean, I think my cat fighting the snake thing would work. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Joey? You got anything you want to pimp before we get out of here tonight? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Joey Image TV. Actually, everything is Joey Image TV now. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch is at Joey Image TV. Uh, I have a brand new podcast that just started last week. We did episode two last night. It's called Sopranopedia. It's myself and my best man, or my best, well, he is my best man at the wedding, but my best friend, Chris Decker, uh, referee Chris Decker. Um, and we go through every episode of The Sopranos in order, one by one. Awesome. Um, we will be, at, I also want to plug, uh, not my project, but we will be there as part of press, uh, SopranosCon.com, a big wow. two-day uh, Sopranos convention celebrating. This is the t- 1999, or uh, sorry, 2019 is the 20th year of the Sopranos. So um, they are celebrating basically the 20 years. There is a ton of cast members that are going to be there. Myself and Chris are going to um, interview every single one of them except for one. And um, we will, and I'm not talking about Gandolfini, <laughs> except for one that's going to be there. But uh, so we'll be there Saturday and Sunday, and all the interviews will be on our podcast. We'll be posted on the podcast feed. So check out uh, on Twitter at Sopranopedia, no S, just S O P R A N O P E D I A, like Wikipedia, and uh, Sopranopedia at gmail.com. And again, you can find me at Joey Image TV on all platforms. Fantastic. What about you, Derek? Anything you want to pimp before we leave tonight? Yeah, so uh, the Derek Diamond Experience returns next week. You can follow that show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to check out the latest news with my short film, The Parker Syndrome, that's uh, Facebook and Instagram at The Parker Syndrome. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. Uh, Only thing I want to pimp is uh, if you're in the Biloxi area, or anywhere near the Biloxi area, come watch me and Wally doing uh, open mic comedy nights at the Wayward Kraken in downtown Biloxi every Monday night at 7.30. Except for this Monday. for uh, They're not doing it for Labor Day, but every other Monday after that, yeah. 7.30. Um, I think that's about it. So I'm going to go ahead and play this and get out of here tonight. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Love it. 
Uh, you can find us at nerdcaveretro.com. You can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, individually at jfantastic, at Derek underscore diamond, at Joey Image TV, and at the real big wall. We are at Facebook, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Get us back up to that $50 level, and we'll do shows like this every month as an extra episode and not just a regular episode. So if you want that, go throw us a buck a month and get us back up to that $50 level. And as if you can't do that, then leave us a review wherever you listen to the show. So, Derek, please tell everyone what it's all about. And that's the bottom line, because Nerd Cave Retro said so. That's right. And do you smell what Jay Funktastic is cooking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs>